Howdy do! Welcome aboard, everybody. It is Back to the Window with Scott and Scott. I am your host, Scott Steen, lead handicapper at winnersandwiners.com. And I'm your co host, Scott Rochelle, senior handicapper over winnersandwiners.com. And together, we do this each and every day, Monday through Friday, 3 p.m. Eastern Time. We try to guide everybody out there that perilous journey as we all try to head back to the window and cash those winning tickets. Good to see Tim Earl in the house. David Good here as well. What's up, guys? Scott, how'd your weekend go? Oh, it went well. Unfortunately, I actually lost something, so the streak is dead. I had a winning streak at 10, which was a nice free play win streak, but ended up working out pretty well uh, in general. Hit a live play on the Grizzlies uh, earlier in the week, which definitely helped out in general. But on top of that, I won the NASCAR matchup with Custer. So that worked out pretty well. Yeah, can't really complain, except for the fact that my team's probably going to die tonight, and I'll be there. You'll be there to see it, my friends. You'll be there to see it indeed. So, Scott, as we're starting the show here, I realize that I have no slides ready to go for any of our features today. So Great, because I uh, sent you all the information. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well... I got to be honest, I've got the two VSIN appearances this week, and I've been working my ass off on the Yeah, you've on been, the draft. I know you've been busy. I'm, I'm just busting your chops. No, I know. I just, I realized that literally as we're starting the show, going, shit, I got nothing loaded up for tonight. So you're going to have to. Sound effects this time? You're going to. Oh, sound effects will be fine. It's just, it's just the graphics on the screen, the individual games and stuff. Mm. We, we're, you're not going to see those. So. What is this, 2021? Yeah, I know. We got, right? no, we got no graphics, man? <laughs> I know. I know. So Scott, I had a uh, I had my own little four game modest winning streak going on my plays of the day. That ended yesterday. I flew too close to the sun, tried to take a three team parlay, and uh, that did not that did not work out, my friend. As uh, the the St. Louis Cardinals let me down, as they let down a lot of people, as Wainwright going against Lodolo, uh, Lodolo handcuffed the Cardinals, and uh, meanwhile Wainwright gave up three runs first two innings. That was really all they needed, as the uh, Cardinals were able to just muster one run, one run against the Reds. So speaking of streaks that are over, their losing streak is over at 11. Um, Can't wait to watch the shitty Nets play tonight. I know you're, well, look at the bright side. They didn't have to spend 140 bucks like you did, so. <laughs> Give or take. It's, it's probably around 200 if you include the train fare and the potential food and everything before. So, yeah. Pot- potential food. <laughs> It's an expensive funeral, and unfortunately, the funeral didn't provide any hors d'oeuvres, so I'm going to have to eat before I go. Where, where, where is your tech guy? He's right here. This is I'm your tech guy, so uh, not good. Uh, Andrew says the Celtics remember uh, Kyrie stamping on uh, Lucky. Well, they did last year, and the Nets still won the series, so I, I guess... I don't, once again, it's another one of those things in the playoffs. I get people hate Kyrie. I think the fans remember that more than the actual players. But it's not like you need extra motivation to beat a team in the playoffs. I don't I don't believe that narrative. You? No, I'm I'm the same way. We've talked about this before. Like, you know, it's a, it's, it's a game seven or it's an elimination game. So this time they'll be motivated. Like, you know, fuck, if you weren't, if you weren't motivated in games one through three, I, I can't help you. So I, do you think the Nets have a chance tonight, Scott? I think that Scott Foster is the ultimate equalizer because he, of course, is on the call for game four. He already extended the Raptors series. I had a play on the Raptors over the weekend. And yeah, Embiid complained about the officiating. Shocker. You know, he never complains about officiating. But the point is that if there's one ref who was powerful enough 
to will the Nets to a win, yep, it would be Scott Foster. Yeah, that's right. In my opinion, I don't think it's going to matter. I think that it's very... I'd say that it's a very probable that Foster creates some free throw disparity and the Nets keep it relatively close. But Boston's a much better team in the second half. We've seen it all series long. And I expect eventually the Boston's defense is going to wear down the Nets offensively and the Nets can't get stopped down the down the stretch. So I think it'll be close. If you like the Nets, I would probably take the first half because we've seen the Nets get torched in the third quarter pretty much every game of the series. Yep. So I would probably take that approach, but at the end of the day, I think it'll be somewhat close. Celtics by eight. Okay. So yeah, so you think they're going to win by more than they've won by any, any the bigger margin than they've won any of the first three games? I think the Nets are going to quit. Okay. All right. I think that you're in a situation where you're down 3-0, and I really can't envision mentally the Nets being fully prepared to embark on a potential 4-0 reverse sweep. I don't see that happening. You looked at the body language after game three. You could listen to the quotes from Kyrie saying, this is nothing like what happened when we were down 3-1 to the Warriors. When you say it's nothing like pulling off the comeback, it's usually not followed up by a good sentiment. You know, it seems like he's saying, you know, the odds are stacked up against us. That was my interpretation. I think they're dead to rights. But maybe some fluky officiating keeps it close. I think the Celtics win the game, though. Andrew giving us some excellent stats here, and I've not verified me these myself, but they're in our, people in our comment section. I'm going to uh, give them the benefit of the doubt. They know what the hell they're talking about. It says Kyrie, 11 season, zero MVP votes, zero first and second team, uh, all NBA teams, and sub-500 without LeBron. Yeah. We know Kyrie is basically a two. The problem is... It's tough to find out if he's even good enough to be a two because he had one of the best ones of all time. So it's really tough to fully, you know, gauge. Now, Kyrie, of course, had a phenomenal NBA Finals, and I have to give him credit for that because him and LeBron both carried. They were both fantastic. But right. since then, Kyrie had the great game in Game 1, which the Nets wasted. Besides that, I mean, that's that's kind of his claim to fame, isn't it? I know he had a couple of regular season games where he had 50 or even 60, and, you know, he's a great scorer. In the playoffs, do I trust him to lead a team? No. Do I trust Durant to lead a team? No. So I feel like even though Boston is just the much better team, I do have questions about the leadership, especially with Steven Nash as the head coach. Okay, fair enough. Um, David said that Kyrie needs to be a motivational speaker. <laughs> I'll tell you who doesn't need to be a motivational speaker is Steve Nash, the way they played in the third quarter. According to reports, the Nets are unlikely to get rid of him. Steve. I'm living Groundhog Day with the Yankees. It <laughs> never ends. But they're going to keep Boone. They're going to keep Nash. I'm in sports hell right now. This is a disaster. Well, at least the Jets keep uh, trying to find their coach. Okay. Who? The Jets. Oh. I actually think Salah's not mm. bad. Yeah. So, you know, maybe, but it's football. Brady's finally out of my life, so I guess that's a plus. But now Josh Allen's in my life, and Tyreek Hill's in my life, and Belichick hasn't retired yet. So, yeah, if the Nets are, like, the ceiling for coaching hires for me, I'm in deep, deep trouble. That's all I'm saying. You're not having much luck with coaches because they got rid of of Jason Garrett, finally. I think Steve Nash (laughs) is the NBA version of Jason Garrett. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. A little, a little more successful career as a player. 
than Jason Garrett. A little bit, but... but, uh, Well, Jason Garrett had one good game in Thanksgiving. But still, the fact that the Nets aren't even considering or doesn't seem like they're going to get rid of Nash, I'm not surprised. They're going to blame it on COVID. They're going to blame it on, you know, Simmons not playing, Kyrie only playing, whatever. Right. For the record, even if Kyrie played a bunch of actual home games during the course of the season, this team was screwed anyway because they don't guard anybody. And when you have a bunch of undersized guards that can't really defend anybody on the perimeter, you're not going to win many playoff games, especially when your offense is solely focused on KD, Kyrie, put the ball in the basket. That's the only play they run. They don't actually do anything. So if you're not going to run plays, you're going to get out-schemed, and you are going to get torched. It's just what's been happening. There's no real way around it. Do you think it would have mattered? It would have mattered with seeding. Maybe you would have ended up playing Chicago instead of Boston, but eventually you're going to either play in Miami, Boston, or Milwaukee, and you're probably losing to each of those three teams. Yep, yep. I, I can't, I can't, uh, I can't argue with that, bud. So uh, let's take a look and see what we got for, as far as promotion goes. By the way, this is supposed to be our big rollout day on Max Wagers Network. Mm, we've had a couple of glitches, and so we're still on Winners and Winners on the YouTube channel. So you'll be able to catch us in both spots still. We still want you to get over there and subscribe to Max Wagers Network. We sure would appreciate it. And, of course, if you're watching the video, if you're watching us shoot this, if you're watching it do it live, if you're watching us uh, after we're done, take a minute and smash that like button. That's that's all we ask. That's, uh, that's it. We're not, we're not hitting you up for cash or nothing. Just hit that hit that like button. And it should be a ticker tip parade for t- ticker tape parade for the nets. Uh, net can be uh, Scott R can be the net for the day. Oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> uh, do you think there's anything to that? I heard a couple of rumblings in the comment section about the they want to keep uh, the nets in because they're a New York team. They're the biggest media market in the country. Uh, you think there's anything to that, Scott? I mentioned it. I do think there's something to it because I said yesterday, once Scott Foster wasn't a referee. I said straight up, minus 500 odds, he's refereeing the Nets game. And what do you know, he's refereeing the Nets game. So the fact that I could predict which ref was going to get the elimination game means that I kind of believe there's something to it. I just think they're underestimating how bad the Nets actually are. All right, fair enough. I think Scott Foster can save them for a half, but over a 48-minute game, even Scott Foster can't help for Nash's awful adjustments at halftime. All right, fair enough. Uh, King me in the house. What up, King? Hey, and uh, if you're looking for a pretty cool promotion, if you're not a big time better, especially, but you just like to get a little skin in the game and make some and have some free bets, uh, DraftKings has a beautiful thing for you. You make your first deposit, you bet at least five dollars on any MLB money line, and they give you two hundred dollars in free bets. Of course, you got to be located in one of the states where DraftKings exists, and that is Arizona, Colorado, Connecticut, Iowa, Indiana, LA, LA. Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, Wyoming, or West Virginia. You have to be 21 years of older in all of those states, except for the lucky folks in New Hampshire and Wyoming. It's for first-time DraftKings Sportsbook customers only. You have to register using the promo code, and the promo code is WAWVIDEO. And do click the link there. We have that available in the description of the uh, today's video. And it's good up until May 1st. So we're closing in uh, a week, less than a week left, Scott. Less than a week left to take advantage of that. So make sure you do that. If your bet wins, you're going to get $200 in free bets in addition to any winnings from your original wager once it settles. 
We're also doing a cool thing with the folks over at Caesars, $1,100 first bet insurance. Place your first time wager up to $1,100. And if you lose that bet, you get it back in form of a free bet. Use that promo code ATSWINSCZR-ATSWINSCZR. And, of course, that link is in the description as well. So with that being said, uh, let's uh, kind of get right to it. So David said, love the show. Catch you both early in the morning on your call for the day. Thank you. Absolutely, David. We uh, we uh, we like doing what we do. Um, had a good time with Chris over there. So, yeah, all is right, all is right with the world. Best show on YouTube. Thank you, Andrew. I appreciate it. Um, personally, I'm a big fan of the... Uh, uh, what, what, what rabbit hole have I been down lately, Scott? Um, are you a conspiracy theory guy? Are you a war guy? What are you looking for? I, I like watching, like, uh, not necessarily conspiracy stuff. I like watching, like, uh, cryptozoology, like, uh, the search for Bigfoot and shit. Okay. My, uh, so you're a conspiracy guy. Okay. One of my, one of my best friends is, is all in or a, or on the, on, guy on the, on the Bigfoot thing. Yeah. Not necessarily okay. a conspiracy, but yeah, the, uh, and he is like, he's written a couple books about it. And they've it's he camps out like literally about ten miles from my house, one of the best spots in the nation for seeing Bigfoot. So, how long has Bigfoot allegedly been around? I mean, allegedly there were sightings before the white man came to North America. So I guess my argument would be if there's only one of them, then they can't exactly reproduce. Wouldn't he be dead by now? There's more than one, Scott. There's tons of there's them. All, there's more than one. There's a flock of them. Yeah. Oh, there's. there's I didn't know about. There was a colony. I didn't know that there was a colony. They're everywhere. Place. They're in. They're I didn't in know that. Many states. They're I thought the, there was always one. No. There's, there's, okay. No, there's that, a lot. That, okay. So that makes a little bit more sense. Okay. Fair right. enough. And uh, Nathan Turner says the biggest conspiracy is Scott Fraudster. <laughs> That's a great name. I, mean, I, I had money on Toronto on in Game Four. I saw Foster was on the call. I said, "Say less." So I'm, I'm, if everybody saw Kyle Schwarber last night react to Angel Hernandez, uh, second is his second, the second to the last at bat in that game. That's how all of America is going to feel when the Nets win tonight because of Scott Foster. Uh, I thought we were saving the Angel Hernandez roast. Okay, I'm just saying. I'm just, I'm mm-hmm. just saying. Um, okay, so let's get rolling. Let's find out what happened yesterday, Scott. Let's, uh, let's do it to it. We've got it all keyed up here. As far as the music goes, again. Uh, apologies for not having all the graphics to having it roll underneath. It's telling you exactly what we're telling you. You're just going to have to, uh, as they used to say in the days of radio, it's a little theater of the imagination. You're just going to have to picture it along with us. So let's find out who it was, Scott, who took it in the shorts, who took it to the bank, who's the winners, who's the whiners, who's happy, who's sad. You know who you are. Now we're going to tell the rest of the world and identify you as we find out the Monday edition of Call the Cops. All right, very good. Now, can you hear that? Can we hear it again yeah, today? I heard it. Okay, good. okay, we're good. Uh, I had my I had my kid come over, by the way, and uh, figured out why we couldn't hear things. So it wasn't my fault. No, it wasn't your fault. Right. Okay. Cool. It, it almost always it stuff. almost always is, but it wasn't this time. So, cool. hey Scott, if you had the Suns Pelicans under two seventeen and a half, uh, have you heard this term scramble points before? I've heard it time to time. Yeah. Uh, well, they got them. Uh, the, the team that is uh, known to get scramble points on occasion, and that is exactly what they did, is they had 28 points in the final 314. That game landed 221. Uh, Scott, by the way, uh, I was on the other side of that. I had the I had the over there in that game. You're not talking about you're not talking about last night's game, right? 
Which one? The Suns game? Yeah. Sorry, yeah, that was last night. Last night? Oh, because they did the same thing in the game before, too. Yeah, it was last night. Yeah, they had I think they had I think they had sixteen points in the last minute. Yeah. Beautiful thing. Beautiful thing. So yeah, there you go. Game landed two Oh, you mean the Friday game? That was a disaster. Yeah. Yeah. It's a beautiful really game. any of those. But yep. I was talking about yesterday's game. Yep. There you go. And really, both of those games down and last night I was on the other side. Both of those games came down to one big three pointer being made. If yeah, they, if, Corey Craig of all people hit a three pointer in yep, the corner. Yep. And that was if they miss that three-pointer, it goes completely the other way. So, anyway, what else you got? So, second one, if you had the Canadiens plus one and a half against the Bruins, well, you're only down one with less than 30 seconds to go. You know where this is going. Even though Montreal season is over, they decided to pull the goalie anyway. And the Bruins are good enough to score an empty net. Scored with seven seconds left. <laughs> Canadians lost by two. Hey, Marlins Braves, under eight and a half. You had six runs entering the ninth inning. You're thinking you're good. You got You got specialists. You got closers in there and shit. Uh, no, couldn't close the door at all. Atlanta scored three runs, bottom of the ninth. That's a walk-off winner. And no, they still won the game. What's that? They were up five to one. Oh, that's right. That's right. Uh, that's right. Mar- the Marlins were up. I'm, my bad. They gave up three meaningless runs. In the ninth. Yes. So correct. Correct. The game ended up five to four. If you had the Marlins, you still won. If you had the under, woohoo! That's a bad beat right there. Call the cops. Yeah, that's pretty rough. Indeed. Now, there was some good news. There were some people that were on the right side of games. Maybe they didn't have to sweat them like we did, Scott. Maybe they're that good. You know who you are because you spent uh, all of your weekend sitting in the rocking chair, baby. So, first one, if you had the over six and a half in the Lightning and Panthers game, You had five goals in the first period and two goals in the second period. So you didn't even have to stick around for the third. But if you did, you had some fun because there were five goals in the third period too. So the game ended eight to four. The heat, Scott, the heat is on after a a little dip there. They were back in form. Uh, They played, of course, the Hawks. They led by 14 at halftime. No shenanigans in the second half. They stretched out that lead, ended up winning by two dozen by 24. And looking at the Bucks, my play of the day, if you had the Bucks minus four against the Bulls, led by 15 at the half and one by 24 as well. That's some exciting Sunday basketball, isn't it, Scott? Double-digit halftime leads, 24-point wins. Yeehaw. You had one good game in the entire day, which was the uh, Warriors game. But everything else was a blowout win for one team or another. Yep, absolutely true. All right, so we did allude to it earlier. We are going to talk about the uh we're going to talk about this we we have to we have to mention this and we have to make a whole deal of it because it's it's huge and it's uh, nothing robots. nothing is going to take us to robots quicker than shit like this scott let's find out who it was uh not necessarily uh we're going to expand it we we usually do it of the day but now it's of the night we're going to find out who was this weekend's donkey of the day <laughs> Scott, back in the day, there used to be an umpire named Ruff, uh, Russ Getz, and they had the best nickname forever for him because they called him Rough Guess. Mm-hmm. He was a terrible, terrible umpire. Joe West, not a great umpire, Scott. Um, but there's somebody that really is head and shoulders above these guys as far as being a shitty umpire goes. Who would that be? Well, it's Angel Hernandez, and he was the home plate umpire last night in the ESPN game. 
between the Brewers and the Phillies. And let's just say it wasn't exactly surprising it was 0-0 going into the ninth inning because there were a lot of really questionable strike calls. Uh, you had a brutal call on McCutcheon. You had a brutal call on Segura. And then you had a, a pretty controversial call in the ninth inning involving Schwarber. Schwarber struck out in a 3-2 pitch that was a little bit outside, and he unloaded on Angel Hernandez in the ninth <laughs> inning. And if you go through the actual numbers, somebody tracked it. Angel Hernandez missed 19 ball strike calls as the home plate umpire last night. That gives his accuracy for the night at about 85%, which I believe is the lowest this season. It's a solid B. 85%. <laughs> Usually, for the record, home plate umpires are around 92, 91, somewhere in the low 90s. Usually, that's where they're at. 85 is historically bad. I've seen some games in the upper 90s this year. There's been some very, very well umpired yeah. games in the 97. Usually the average is around 82, 83. Uh, 92, 93. Oh, sorry. Like, yeah, 91 to 93 right Yep. Now. It was just dreadful. And if you haven't seen Schwarber's meltdown, you have to find it. You have to go to YouTube and you have to see it because you don't even, you, you know, usually you like, you can't read lips. You don't know what he's saying. He acted it out very well, Scott. <laughs> you miss him over here. You miss him over here. You're missing him for this team. You're missing him for this team. You're missing him up high. You suck. <laughs> um, anything to add? Really, no. I, I I feel like if you want to know just how bad it was, there are a couple of Twitter accounts that have bad umpire homages or, you know, something like that. And they had a lot of Angel Hernandez content last night. Just look up the strike called to Segura and look up the strike called to McCutcheon. That's really all you need to know. I believe the one to Segura missed by six inches. Segura might have been the worst strike call I've ever seen. It's awful. Or at least bottom five. Yeah. Yeah, it was awful. You know, you'll see those on YouTube every once in a while under all-time bad umpires. And like, okay, well, that's a bad one. But it, this was certainly belonged in that class. No, no question about it at all. So, all right, let's check in with the guys in the comment section, see what's going on. Uh, you sure had the uh, money line Chicago game analyzed right? Congratulations, there. That's for you. Uh, maybe Angel had a mild, mild cataracts. <laughs> uh, certainly possible. Um, the under in the Bulls and Buck series has been an ATM. Well, it's because the Bulls can't score. That's, yeah, pretty much. That's uh, that's been a serious problem. And are you surprised, Scott? I guess you had the pick. They've been able to dominate without Middleton in the lineup. I can't say I'm that surprised because the Bulls, I feel like, were in a situation where they initially wanted it more than Milwaukee. I know that sounds like an extreme cliche. That's really what happened in games one and two. Milwaukee seemed like they genuinely didn't care, and they thought they were just going to roll over this team no matter what. And then Chicago actually responded. They punched them in the mouth in game two. And Milwaukee said, okay, I guess we have to try. And they've killed them ever since. Isn't that kind of the gist that you got? Because it seems like if they were fully trying from the get-go, Holiday probably would have been guarding DeRozan from game one onward instead of game three onward. Yep. And it seems like Milwaukee realized once Chicago wasn't going to fully roll over and die, they had to go out of their way to make sure Chicago was going to go out of their way and die. So now Chicago had home court. Lost by 30 in their first home playoff game in several years. And shockingly, they have fully rolled over. They're going to get killed in game five. Congrats to Chicago for winning a game. I didn't think they were going to win a game. Very Did good. You? Do you uh, think they were going to win a game? 
Uh, I thought they might be able to sneak out one. A, a, a sweep is so rare. Not on the road. Uh, that was no, that's that's surprising. I didn't I didn't think yeah. it would be game one, uh, for sure. Somebody asking about the Colorado Philadelphia game tonight. Scott Freeland and Gibson. Kyle Gibson was good his first start. He has been average or slightly below average his last two starts. Freeland, uh, no bueno yet this season. How much do you hate this game? Um, eh, hate's a strong word, but do you hate this game? I think there's maybe a little value on Colorado. I don't want to, I'm not laying 175. Um, I just think, I, I can't believe they gave Freeland a new contract. I, I just can't, man. But the Rockies have been okay. Phillies have been awful. I can't really say that the Phillies are surprisingly bad because I didn't think they'd be very good this year because they can't pitch. But Gibson's been okay. Uh, these teams just faced each other. So f- the Phillies did just see Freeland. He pitched pretty well, but they, it's the second time seeing him in like a week and a half. So they might fare better the second time around. Right. I don't mind a team total over. I think that they'll get to Freeland early and often. Okay. The value is on Colorado, but I do think that if I want to just take the Phillies without worrying about the bullpen, just give me the Phillies team total. First five team total, maybe just fade Freeland. Yeah, I think you can you can you can take your pick of who you want to fade here. Um, I, I don't I don't hate full game over, uh, even though like you said, Philly really been in a uh, slump as far as scoring goes but Gibson giving up seven seven earned his last two games and 10 two thirds innings that's that's yeah. not ideal after after shutting out Oakland uh, for seven innings in his opening day game I, th- I think I'm just gonna skip out on Gibson you maybe look at an over but I really don't want to take an over in today's baseball because it seems mm-hmm. like a lot of games are low scoring so maybe a team total over and just hope Freeland gets shelled early you know what I found out yesterday Scott and maybe everybody knew this but me but I had not been aware of it, that every ballpark now has a humidor. Really? Did you know that? No. I did not know that either. They were interviewing uh, Bryce Harper, and he brought it up, and then they expanded on that um, later in the game. That every stadium, it used to, you know, because it started off as just Colorado, then it was Colorado and Arizona, and now apparently everybody's got a humidor. So I don't know if that's what's keeping the balls in the park, keeping the offense down. Whatever it is, uh, I'd like to see some numbers, but it's, anecdotally, it certainly seems like scoring is is way down, the, and the unders have been the play. Agreed? Uh, yeah, definitely seems that way. Okay. All right, very good. Uh, Rockies 4-1. and one. Uh, I was going to say that. Uh, yeah, Robert, uh, Robert said the Rockies are 4-1 and one on the road. Um, always giving great odds. That's because they were so terrible on the road last year. I think they win. What did they win? Like less than 10 road games last year? They, uh yeah give or take they were awful they were awful on the road and i know they were a little better late but i guarantee you they're almost a half of their total so far uh, as far as road wins being four, four and one on the road and they have been a dog in every one of those games so uh definitely it could be some value there rocky's gonna be able to do this the whole season scott or is this just a flash in the pan uh no i think it's a flash in the pan but i like their win total over when we went through the nl west mm-hmm. I think they're bad, but not bad, bad. I think Arizona sucks. But the the Colorado threw me for a loop because they were clearly going to potentially tank once they got nothing for Story. And then as soon as you think, all right, they lost John Gray, they lost Story, you know, they're just admitting that they're screwed. No, we're going to offer Chris Bryant a bunch of money. Right. So I don't really know what happened at the end of the offseason. But the Rockies always seem to be a type of team 
that's underwhelming, but not terrible enough that fans stop going to the games. It's like they're just good enough to keep fans in the ballpark, which usually which usually results in about hell seventy four wins, yeah, or so. They'll go under five hundred, but they're not gonna be as bad as Arizona. Arizona is just awful. Yeah, we talked about, we talked about that with the Royals when they would uh, you know spend just enough money to win seventy five games. You're like, what are we what are we doing here, guys? Let's let's bring up the minor leaguers. Let's get let's get a look. Let's let's develop some players. Why are we? Why are we bringing in? Let's say, for example, Carlos Santana. Yeah. Um. So I don't. I don't get it. But when we went through the NL West, we had a choice. We said, which one of these teams is going to finish in the basement? It's going to be either the Rockies or the Diamondbacks. Yeah. And because the Rockies bought somewhat in free agency, and Arizona did nothing, I figured Arizona would win probably around sixty-two games. Right. We thought the Padres were a little overrated, and yeah. we, and we thought Arizona would absolutely get shelled. Yeah, but you look at the Rockies. I mean, Gomber, I think, is okay. Sanzatella has been okay. Like, they're not totally awful. No. They're not good. But no. I think they have more talent than Arizona. No question about it. Uh, Rockies hitting is carrying them. Yeah, they can They can bash. They they can. Um, they got still got Charlie Blackman, and like you said, they've got Chris Bryant. So they've got some guys that can hit the baseball. Uh, what else you got cooked up for tonight, my friend? Anything? Uh, for baseball, no. I, I took a relatively light... Uh, I've kind of been focused entirely on basketball at this point because a, I've been keeping tabs on the playoffs religiously and B the playoffs have so far knock on wood been very good for me. So I'm hoping that that carries over. I am kind of interested by this giants Milwaukee game because of the fact that the brewers had the late game against Philly. Now they're traveling back home. They probably got into Milwaukee at what? 3 a.m. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if it's a pretty bad scheduling spot to be laying 190. Now, the pitching matchup was obviously in favor of Burns. Long has not given up a run, but he's also gone about two innings each time. So he's kind of an opener, so to speak. I know that the Brewers have the much better pitcher, but I am concerned about the scheduling spot. Having to fly back late at night at 3 a.m. just to play a game the same day. I'm worried about the Brewers being potentially jet-lagged and doing nothing offensively. Well, they weren't great offensively. Of course, San Francisco had to travel too. Where's San, Fran- where's San Francisco coming from? They didn't play at night, though. No, I understand. I understand. It, it does make it does make a difference. Um, you know, you, we talked about this in our in our text thread about what we thought the numbers were. I thought it would be like one thirty five, one forty at the absolute most in this. Um, with Burns going, I did. I didn't think Milwaukee would be a minus 180 favorite. I think that's uh, I think I that's, figured it would be minus 140. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's the range I thought it would be in. Uh just, you know, not because of the pitching matchup per se, but because the Giants still a very good team and Milwaukee still can't score. Um yeah. so and that was before the jet lag. That was before the jet lag. So, I think there's some value in San Francisco there. I'm with you. Um I know a lot of people have asked about a couple of games. Uh, one of them is, uh, seems to be a little bit of an okie doke, Scott. You got Framber Valdez going against Dane Dunning, Houston and, and Texas. Um, we talked about it on the, uh, the show with Chris and the numbers, uh, with Houston versus Texas, they, Houston just pounds them like they pound their little brother. Uh, only laying 135. You think there's some value on the Strohs there, my friend? Um, wait, the Strohs or the Rangers? No, taking, taking some value on the, on the Astros. Oh, I, I think the Astros are a much better team. We're going to talk about a play on this game a little bit later, but I do believe that the Astros are just the more talented team. Texas 
they tried to spend a bunch of money, but they didn't address the pitching staff. They kind of forgot about that part. Very good. Somebody asked if the Suns or Grizzlies are more likely to be upset. I would go with Phoenix. Because yeah. Phoenix is missing its probably its best player. Yeah, I know you said that last night on Twitter about... Uh... I think the Grizzlies are going to eventually win in seven. I think it'll be close, but Minnesota is still such a dumb team. They turn the ball over so much. Their shot selection's awful. They made 50% of their threes. That's why they won the game. The fact they only won the one, the fact that they only won that game by one is a joke. You go through the shooting numbers and the free throws, Minnesota should have won by 15. And yeah. it was a it was a one possession game late. So no, I don't trust Minnesota to do enough in order to actually win the series, but I think that they'll push it to 7. The Suns I think have serious problems. And you really look at these teams watching them actually play and on paper I think they're quite comparable. I think New Orleans actually matches up quite well against Phoenix. And without Booker, the Suns really don't have a go-to score. So if you're asking me what I think about the actual series, I think there's a lot of value on the Pelicans plus 250. Okay. I even saw the Pelicans at 40-1 to to win the Western Conference at uh, DraftKings. Are they going to win the West? No. They're not beating Golden State. But... I do think if Zion maybe comes back for the Mavericks or Jazz series, because there he was warming up before game four, you know, maybe New Orleans can actually pull something off against Utah or Dallas. I think they got a shot there. 40 to one? That's a decent price. Yeah. Yeah, especially this late when you've seen when you've seen a little something for them and seen how competitive they've been in that series. You look at the record, look at the seeding. New Orleans is a team that is playing like a five seed. They're talented, they're deep, they're fearless, and they're well-coached. They check a lot of boxes for a team that can pull off a Cinderella run. Robert said the Minnesota home crowd has played more of an effect than the players actually playing well, in my opinion. They're 3-0 in protest games can, in the playoffs, so can, does that count? What, what, can we talk about that a little bit? About the, the, the two girls sitting courtside the other night? Does it count as a protest game if you get tackled before you can actually protest? Is that, That's a separate point. That's more of a logistical question. And that ended but up being one, being the yeah. being the chicken thing again, right? Yeah, it's always the chicken thing. <laughs> it's always the chicken thing. Uh, first of all, what do you think those two courtside seats cost, Scott? Playoff game. Uh, Second row, basically. A better question. Do you think they actually paid for it, or do you think a protest organization might have chipped in for the cost? No, I think their organization chipped in. I just probably. I think they paid the entire thing. What a grand a piece. Yeah, give or take. Yeah, probably. Uh, kudos to the uh, security guard, too, who had his eye on him pretty much the whole time there. If he was of age, he would be the a top five pick in the upcoming NFL draft. How old is he? Is he young? No, I'm assuming he's oh. probably like 30-something, 40-something. Oh, okay, yeah. Just saying, he, he the explosiveness, the burst, the reaction time, yeah. checked a lot of boxes. That could have been Evan Neal. You, know, you don't know. I, I'm that way when somebody's trying to take the last of the crab legs off the crab leg buffet. I'll, I'll tackle him. As soon as I see somebody loading up their plate with the last of the crab legs, yeah, you're going down. Sorry. Are you a tackling guy or a clothesline guy? I'll tackle them. I'll, I'll okay. drive drive them to the ground. Um, protesters should be jailed for a week. Well, for starters, only the one... She had a 300-pound guy laying on top of her. I'll give her three days. Only the one chick ran under the court. Now, they hustled the other one out of there pretty quick. 
So she yeah. must they they, I didn't, they they must have had some heads up about these about those two girls, right? Can we acknowledge how the security guard clearly knew they were going to protest from probably the the national anthem onward? Yeah, he was sitting right there. Yep, right on it, right on it. They still tried, and she still tried to get on the court. Couldn't do it. Yeah, but he had such a good jump on it because he was literally eyeing her, and yeah, it worked itself out, I guess. But does that count as a protest if you don't even really get a foot on the floor? The only thing I would have respected if they want to protest about chicken is why the fucking cost is so high. Mm-hmm. Why, why, why chicken has gone up? You know, if you want to. Am I paying for the pain and suffering? No, I mean you're paying for. No, no, no. I'm, I'm saying. I, I get don't know it. Why it's that high though? I know, I know. Uh, hands off the legs for the chicken. <laughs> Tackle all day, says Robert. Yeah, absolutely. Take him out, Ray Lewis style. I agree. Um, well, Ray Lewis style can mean several things, but we're not going to get into that. <sighs> Allegedly, it means several things. You need to get a limo and stab him. Is that what allegedly? Somebody had to say it. No, well, those yeah, guys. Allegedly, got, those guys got stabbed in a limo. <laughs> no, allegedly about that. It was just allegedly. Yeah, you had to be there. Yeah, you had to be there. Mm-hmm. Why is beer fourteen dollars? Clothesline. This is a super sly. I agree. There's plenty of reasons you could protest. Plenty of reasons to run under the court uh, because you're not happy with the fucking chicken doors. Because we talked about this the other day. It's all about the doors. It's all about the... Yeah, you looked it up. Yeah, Yeah, we, we we spent way too much time on chicken doors than you ever would hear on a sports show. I don't know. I mean, it's great. You know, I admire their passion. Get the fuck off the court. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Uh, how about Ben Simmons? Dude, that's what I was going to ask you about. If you're Ben Simmons and you're going to sit on the bench, you're not going to play, you're going to disappoint people... Could you maybe tone down the the outfit just a little Can bit? Can you not look like Willy Wonka? That's, That's what really I'm saying. That's what I'm yeah. saying. You know. Can you at least wear black? Slacks and match in with the actual like warm up jerseys of the guys on the bench. Slacks and a polo, shirt and tie, something, something. Just don't look like you're high as fuck. I'm sorry. Somebody and somebody even I saw that somebody even tweeted that when they said, uh, "Did you see it, Scott?" It's like when you when you smoke too much and. And you think everybody's looking at you or something like that. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what he looked like. So, uh, Bronco Devil says, I have uh, trouble playing 14 for a 12-pack. Yeah, it better for be For the record, do I think be Ben Simmons beer. coming back would have done anything? No. But I do think that it's a media circus, and that's the last thing you want. You thought you were going to get to see him tonight, didn't you? I thought I was going to, which was going to be one of the only saving graces, because even if the Nets were going to lose in Game 4, maybe I could see Ben Simmons airball a free throw. And then I got a story to tell my grandkids, but unfortunately that's not the case. Instead, I have to tell the story of Scott Foster. So that's going to be a fun time. Scott, if there is a game six, will you go? No, I'm going to game four. They're lucky I'm even still going to game four. (laughs) They've shown nothing for the last week. I'm going with a friend. I'm going to be doing excessive drinking before I walk through the door. All right. Very good. Uh, GR Black says uh, the chicken doesn't care as long as it's cooked fully. (laughs) I'm with you, Jr. Absolutely. That's the only thing you should be protesting about chicken is raw. I don't like my chicken medium well. well yeah, if they're going to cook the chickens, just make sure it's not pink in the middle. Yeah, exactly right. Somebody said um, somebody said it's like me clocking into the job and sitting in the break room all day. <clears throat> yeah, and they're still paying you. It's like, well, the real strategy is to take about four bathroom breaks every, like, I don't know, two, three hours. That's solid. You take your phone in there with you. Yeah, take your phone in there. You kill about half an hour, give or take, maybe a little bit more, depending on how you time it. Yeah, yep, absolutely true. One of the funniest things I ever saw a comic do was he got up on stage and just sat there for like three minutes, and he's like, "What? You guys don't, you know, guys don't go to your office and start work right away." <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny. 
Mm. Uh, <laughs> Andrew wrote to me asking about Game Six. <laughs> he says Game Six, LOL. <laughs> I'm just saying. I mean, for all the domination, all the talk of Boston's so much better, the Nets have quit, blah, These blah, blah. The games have been close. Boston has arguably played three of their best games of the season. They've won by a total of 15 points. You know, the Nets, the Nets ain't, they're not nothing. Mm -hmm. I just, uh, Nets team total under 110 and a half tonight, Scott. I know you're probably all over it, eh? Uh, not quite. I'm, I, the thing about the game itself is I am going to lean to the under. So yes, Ninja, I guess if I had to pick a side there, the Scott Foster wrinkle throws and throws everything for a loop. Cause the, if the Nets are actually going to potentially win this game somehow, they're going to the line 35 times. Like, I, I don't know if I can do it. Uh, for me, I agree. I think that it would be an under or not, but it's an under or pass, but I still think Boston's going to win the game. Joan reminds us that once you break the seal, you got to go every 20 minutes. <laughs> that's, what uh, I yeah. that's what I do to tell him at the office. John Cena says somebody needs to grand grab Durant and tell him Kyrie is not making you look good. <laughs> Wake the fuck up. <laughs> I can't argue with that, Scott. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> All right. I'm calling him the best color man in the business. For I was going to say, right. I, I mean, about the Nets, I have nothing positive to say. So, okay. there you go. Uh, please, sports stars, no more comparisons to for, uh, Durant and LeBron. I never compared Durant to LeBron. I also never thought Durant was the best player in the league. Uh, people were always, a lot of people this year were saying Durant's better than Giannis. And I'm like, did you, did you not watch the finals last year? when he dropped 50 in a closeout game and won a title. Like, what are we talking about? Giannis yeah. is clearly the best player in the league. I think Durant was two, or he was top three. I don't know if he's top three anymore. Yeah. But I always thought Giannis was better than Durant yep. because Giannis, even if he's not shooting well, stylistically, he can walk into 30 and 17 just by getting to the foul line 20 times in a game. Durant doesn't have that luxury. J.C. Stone wants to know if there's any free throw options to wager on. I have not seen any. I wish there was, you but seen any? unfortunately, no. Nope. Uh, if you find them, bet the over. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. All right, anything else, buddy? Uh, Well, there are a couple other basketball games that we could talk about. I had the Mavericks as my play of the day at two and a half. Okay. Props to Utah for winning a home game that you're supposed to win by coming back in the final minute. Were you impressed by Utah winning? I'm impressed by them finding a way to win the game, but they looked awful in the process. Yeah, it wasn't a great. It wasn't a great game. It wasn't. It wasn't any kind of a performance from Utah where I'm like, oh well, now they've turned the corner. It, they're totally no. Utah won a game that they should have lost, but Powell missed two free throws, and Utah made a play late. So now they're going on the road. Utah's been awful on the road this season. Dallas has Luca, who looked pretty healthy. I mean, you dropped thirty and ten in your first game back in a couple weeks. You right. look pretty good. Agreed. And I'm assuming Luca will go for forty minutes tonight. Yep. Because it's a must-win game for Dallas. So. For me, I'm going with the Mavericks. I'll dare Utah to do something on the road against the full strength Dallas team. Yeah, they really they really need that win um, to pick up that one and uh, you take the lead in the series. So uh, I'm with you there. I've got I've got Dallas there as well. That was our probably our silver medalist for Bet the Farm. Well, and that was my play today, so that's why I had to cancel it out for the farm consideration. Fair enough. Fair enough, indeed. And uh, Toronto, no Van Vliet against Philly is eight. Lane seven. I actually eight. like the points. You like taking the points there. I think it's too many. 
Does Toronto seem... won a game over the weekend. Mm-hmm. I don't know how much of that was Scott Foster based or not, but either way, Toronto avoided the sweep. But the way that I see it is that I cannot look past Philly dealing with Embiid's finger injury. And he was pretty good in the second half. Yep. But you could tell the entire game he was grabbing that thumb. There's a lot of discomfort there. I think it's concerning. And one thing I don't really understand with what Philly's doing, it seems like as the series has progressed, Maxi has been less and less involved in each game. And yes. he was one of their best players in the start of the series. Yep. Leading scoring game I, one. I, I don't get what happened to Maxi. They just stopped giving him the ball. Yep. That's uh it's it's almost like well, he's not one of our superstars, so we can't let him uh, lead the team. Now, Harden, of course, is still assisting well. He's getting to the line a lot. The shooting numbers are still atrocious when it comes to the floor and three-point shooting, which I think is concerning. But Toronto has really embraced turning each game into an absolute grind. It looks like a 2000s basketball game. It's like first team, the 90 wins. But yeah. the point is, is that Toronto, based on the style they play, has really done whatever it can to stop Philly from getting into transition. And based on that, I expect a low-scoring, ugly game. And if you're going to give me a hideous game, first team to 100 wins, give me the I'm going to take the points. Give me the points, especially eight points. Agreed. Uh, even without Van Vliet. Uh, Chris and I talked about that a little bit, about you know not having Van Vliet in there actually will help the defense. So I, I, do, like, I do like the under to cash again for the fourth straight time in this series. Yeah, I think Toronto's got a shot to win if you really want to go on the fade Doc Rivers bandwagon just to see what happens. Right. Because that's a fun ride. If he goes from being the 3-1 series blown guy to the 3-0 blown series guy, that would be probably the greatest moment in NBA Twitter history. I don't think it's going to get to that point. I think Philly's going to win the series. Yeah. But I do expect Toronto to come out like a desperate team, jump on them early, and do enough to finish within this number. Okay. Very solid. And but eight, uh... eight, I think, is way too high. I mean, it should be closer to five, in my opinion. Uh, Chris Lyons says he'll take the three-team parlay with Reichel. Cool. What three-team? What three-team? Talk about the NBA. I'm assuming he means the Mavericks, uh, the Celtics. I actually like the Nets team total under more than that, but still Toronto. That and uh, Toronto. But yep. I like if you want an underdog play, I like Toronto first quarter. If they want any shot to win this game, they need to get off to a decent start. Super Slice says, uh, almost forgot Maxi had 37 in the first game. Yep. I yeah, nobody that. remembers it because Philly stopped giving him the ball. Yep. Very, very weird deal. Very weird deal indeed. All right, buddy. They can't guard Maxi. He should really get like 12 shot attempts per game minimum, maybe even 15 because Harden's not really shooting much anymore. Or when he does, it's not good because he's not making many of them. But yeah, for whatever reason, they pivoted and, Riv- and Rivers has really decided to focus entirely on Embiid and Harden and even Tobias Harris, that I really think that Maxi should get more touches. Bronco Devil says taking the over on Reichel tweets during the game. That's a sucker. I'll be bet. too busy drinking. Uh, it's actually an under. I'm not going to be tweeting much during the game. Oh, famous last words. No, no, I actually won't be. I'll have a beer in one hand. I'll be joking with my friend and we'll just have a time. All right. Fair enough. All right, buddy. Let's get to it. Let's... uh. Let's talk about let's talk about the need to turn it around, man. I got nothing prepared today. I got my hat up on the wall. It's just this for this first day thing. It really threw me. Uh, I'm out, I'm out of my rhythm on the show. So uh, you're gonna ha- you're gonna have to you're gonna have to wear it for the both of us, bud. Sorry. It's fine. Okay. You ready? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Well, we had a kind of a kind of a tough beat on Friday night, Scott. What what ended up happening to the farm there? 
Uh, we had the Guardians plus one and a half, and Judge had a couple home runs, and Cleveland couldn't score. Yeah, they win by where well, they went four to one. I think so. Yeah. All right, so we're ready to start a new streak today, and this is a game that we uh, had talked about here just a uh, just a little bit, and we're gonna uh, take another look at it in depth. We're gonna find out uh, who it is, Scott. Let's uh, let's uh, everybody put on your overalls, get your straw hat out. Climb aboard your John Deere, take out your lucky keychain, and get your ass ready because once again, folks, it is time to bet the farm. All right, very good. There he is. There he is. He's ready to go. Uh, afternoon. Afternoon. <laughs> Ma'am. Ma'am, ma'am, good to see you. All right, Scott, uh, we're going to take a look at that uh, Houston game as they go up against the Texas Rangers. And uh, we're going to play the different angle on this one. We're going to play the Houston team total over four and a half. We talked about it a little bit, but Dane Dunning is pitching for Texas. Dane uh, should already be Dunning. Uh, 12 and two-thirds innings pitched, 5.68 ERA. He has made two appearances against Houston in his career. They have not gone well, my friend. He's uh, pitched six innings, an ERA of 7.50. Texas bullpen, no bueno, 4.40. That's second highest in the league, and they've been even worse at home. And most importantly, the over is 5-0-1 in Texas' last six games as a home underdog. Spoiler alert. It ain't because Texas has been scoring a bunch of runs. It's because they've been giving up a ton of runs. I think they do it here again in this one. Texas and the Houston Astros. We've got the Astros team total over four and a half for Bet the Farm. Yeah, even if Dunning pitches well, we've seen Texas bullpen blow up before. Second worst bullpen ERA in the league. And they're also the road team. So you get nine guaranteed at bats. Yep. Yep. It's a beautiful thing. We're, uh, we're going back to the well, and we think we're going to get there. So that's going to do it for the farm. That's going to do it for our show here on this Monday. As always, we appreciate you guys stopping by. Do not forget to uh, smash that like button, smash the subscribe button. It's all, we, it's all we'll ever ask from you, all right? So make sure you take care of business there. We'll be back and do it again tomorrow, 3 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Central. Scott and I will do our thing Monday through Friday as we try to guide everyone out there in that perilous journey as we all attempt just one thing, and that is to head back to the window. Take care, everybody. We will see you tomorrow.